Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Reno's in Vegas. Busy, busy day. One of the big stories around the National Football League, Eric Bieniemy, is gone from the Chiefs. I may have to break down a little later that I actually think the Chiefs are going to miss Bieniemy. But he's off to the commanders, not to be the head coach. He's had 16 interviews around the league to be a head coach. No one would give him a head coaching job, so he decided to go out on his own, sort of, get to run an offense fully with the commanders. We got Tiger Woods in some trouble, tried to make a joke earlier in the day. That's now Tampon Gate. We'll get to that. I had a poll question I put up, and it's very representative of our show. Did you see this up on Twitter? Because I, I put a photo with it. Poll question is, are you a bad person if you don't clean off your table at a bakery slash coffee joint? You know, there's certain chains out there. I watched a mom and daughter eat, have the time of their life. They were actually r- really sour individuals who, funny enough, the, the older lady just annihilated a, a, one of the servers. And they get up to leave, and they just leave everything on the table, which... I think it's a good debate. My question is, are you a bad person? Yes, no, or in my case, mind your own business, Cofield. Why are you, you know, sticking your big beak into someone else's situation? I clean it off. Now, I think a lot of people come back and go, hey, there are people who are paid to do that. You don't have to clean it off. Uh, no, I'd completely. It's, it's, yes, you're a bad person. <laughs> I'll just go with that That's one. It. Yeah, you are. You're a bad person. Like. Earlier, it was 86% saying, yes, you're a bad person. Yeah, you are. It's, it's so simple. It's so simple. Well, there's a couple things. So, so the older lady annihilated a server because she didn't have a knife. And her food was getting cold, so I was like, ah, I like hot food. And then they had the, like, the most negative judgmental conversation about other people ever. And I had my, I had my headphones on. I was like, I can't, I can't listen to this. It's bringing me down. But then when they left, the, the older woman got up, and there was someone who looked like they were less than um, fortunate sitting behind them, and she was like, do you want my apples? I can't finish them. And then the less than fortunate lady was like, no. Nah. So she <laughs> redeemed herself a little bit. It was a very confusing afternoon as I was trying to show prep. Well, nobody's, nobody's all good or all bad. Well, at the beginning, well, the first two steps, I thought the older lady was like all bad. Yeah, everybody has some redeeming thing. Sometimes, the yes. problem The problem is, and I... But not cleaning up the table is a, is a bad one. It is... It's not as bad as not returning your shopping cart. Uh, it might be. Because there's no one... There is someone who's paid to collect the shopping carts. The problem is they don't have like 40 people out there on call returning the shopping carts, which means that your cart potentially is going to roll into my car and damage my car because you're a lazy piece of crap. Sure, you're, but you're saying it's mean to you because your car could get damaged. Oh, no, it's mean, it's, mean no, it's, it's mean to everybody. I, I, I it's, think obno- the, it's, a, it's completely obnoxious, especially if the cart holder is like five feet away. I see that all the time. The problem with the, when you say it not, like nobody is all good or all bad, the problem is that people that are like 99% bad think that the 1% good, and trust me, I'm speaking from experience on this, think that the 1% right. that's good Hey, I'm a good person. What are you talking about? Yeah. I just offered that lady some apples. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you know. I treat people like crap 99% of the time, but I'd offer that lady apples. So I, I, I saw her growing up, you know? Yeah. Every Sunday. I'd say a couple of Hail Marys. You're, you're all good. Yeah. Hail Mary a couple times. You're good. Yeah. Like, oh, is, that, is that the way it works, really? I killed nine people this week, but hey, there you go. Ask for forgiveness. 
You're good. You got it off your chest. It's, yes, but that's the problem. That there are everybody has that slight redeeming quality somewhere, yeah. and too many people think that that makes up for all of their bad. I actually overdo the cleaning off because I've read uh, opinions from servers who uh, one thing that drives them nuts is they don't like you uh, the people at the table stacking their plates. Like I will start, I, I get all OCD. I'll start cleaning up the table before we're gone because it's messy. So I think they could take it as like, oh, I'm not doing a quick, you know, quick enough for you. And also, I have a you know, the server could go. I have a way of stacking the plates, moron. Now I'm going to drop them all over the place because that, you that freaking is, stack that's them. That's an issue. But at least try. At least, at least my heart's in a good place. Right, right. At least try. It, it, I think the not effort, just food and drink, just strewn all over the place. Yeah, I think the it's effort makes up. Slop! Effort makes up for a lot. And by the way, we we are down here at the uh, the Golden Circle at Ti. We're going to have to change the channel on this one. The one here, oh, the yeah. L game has to stay. But the other like. Guillermo is in the celebrity game. Oh uh, well, no, no! Don't give, I, don't I, give I know, away the rosters. I want to hear the rosters. I know, but it, he's he, he took the floor and just it was a disaster. I'm I'm very very intrigued. We got to get one of these TVs right in front of us. I may not be able to do the show. You know how easily no, I get distracted. We're keeping the yoga game on. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. So Adam and I are lunatics. We're judging, thinking, absorbing whatever's going on around us, sports and otherwise. So I always have thoughts. And I thought this was a really good week for the Midwest, right? I don't want to lump everyone together because everyone in Vegas is not the same. And I hate when people are like, Vegas, people are like this. I really like this header in the Kansas City Star before the parade for the Chiefs. Can you smoke weed at the Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City? I'm like, we're making progress. Like, that is not a headline in the KC Star 1975. We're making progress. I think Mahomes might have. He did a lot. I don't know what he was saying. He was slurring the hell out of his words. He just, you saw, he just handed the trophy to a fan and forgot. I know. He almost forgot the Super Bowl trophy. He almost forgot the Lombardi trophy. He also trophy. got a massive applause for going into the porta potty. Yep. It was, it was they a love him. It was a beautiful disaster. They love him. Yeah. Um, weed acceptance is here all over the Midwest. It is. Not everywhere. Okay. Damn it. What do we got going a little further north? What's happening? Uh, not in not in Minnesota. It's not accepted yet because they are fighting it tooth and nail. Or well, someone some, is. Some don't always say there. It's it's generally it could, in this case it could be some whack job politician. It is, and uh, a whack job politician. I'll just go ahead and say it. Said that uh, they cannot possibly cannot possibly legalize weed because think of the poor dogs. And what, you may ask? What? The poor dogs. The poor dogs. That will be driven into retirement. Because they're weed-sniffing dogs that are not going to have a job anymore. Wait, I'm sorry. Start again? Wait, what happened? If you legalize weed, what are the dogs going to do whose job it is to sniff out marijuana? These dogs are going to be pushed into retirement. I know we've tried to do this topic before. Aren't aren't weed sniffing dogs also the bomb sniffing dog? If you have a good sniffer, there's always going to be. No, work I think for they you. can only sniff. I think you'd have to completely retrain them. Think of the cost of retraining the dogs to smell for bombs. Are you sure on this? You don't think they're versatile? They can smell lots of things. I think you. I mean, dogs are pretty smart. To, I don't like most dogs. I think but you have to smart. Cha- I think they have to. They have to be retrained. God, I would love for someone. Was this at a hearing? Or is this some idiot just trying to get some headlines? Sit here. I mean, wouldn't that be the great touche? Like they can go sniff for bombs. We we got we got threats. All. How about go sniff for guns, gunpowder? Put them. You know what? We don't need a police officer 
a, a human being at every school put a dog out front. It'll make everyone happy, and then the dog can sniff out lunatics coming to said, freaking shoot the place up. Said this police dog discussion. This is a big issue. Well, it is. It can that's be. He, that's what he said. But I don't believe we're going to have unemployed dogs. What? Please, you know what? Please vote him out. In the end, do you do you think the weed sniffing dogs? really love I mean they seem enthusiastic would they just be happier being in a home and not having to of work of course like do any of us really want to so you work mean, you mean this the, the drug sniffing dog will have to retire and just chase balls that sounds awful for the dog sure he'll love I it. don't you know it actually it is a legit discussion maybe, maybe it would make him really sad like it's the passion of their existence his usefulness is yes worn out. then so train him to do something teach him to be a seeing eye dog that's it Dude, let's do something. We don't. This is. I don't think a the dog, ridiculous. I, these, are, these are really smart dogs. The weed sniffing dogs. They they have to be versatile enough to do something that's going to bring either joy to people. They can be very helpful. I would agree. And Just if being I a pet, if I knew your family wasn't listening right now, I would go in on your dogs. But I'm not going to do Our that. Dogs are fantastic. Well, they're, but they're not. They're not the level of weed sniffing dogs. Well, Lucy could be. Baron, no. Baron's an idiot. You're not. <laughs> Can I no, tell, no, you did. Can it. I tell you this? That no, you Baron Baron has gotten. Is, by the way, is Baron the one who jumped out of a kind of moving car and got lost for a day? It wasn't. It wasn't moving. It was. It was still. But, but just jumped open, out the window and, and disappeared lost. for a day. Yeah, he's an idiot. He also um, <laughs> he got a little. He doesn't like to run, and he does like to eat a lot. So he got a little chubby, so he can't jump all the way up onto the bed anymore. It's pretty high. Yeah. So he he has stairs. Right. Um. And he got used to them, surprisingly. I'm surprised because he's such an idiot. I didn't think he'd be able to figure it out. But he figured it out. He can run up the stairs. But then the stairs had to be moved to the other side of the bed uh, for some logistical reasons. And now he can't find them. Like, dude, they're just on the other side of the bed. It's just the other side. And yeah. every time you have to tell him, like, dude, yeah. over here. This is why, you know, I, I have that underlying anger when all the dog commercials do really well at the Super Bowl. And they feature dogs. And it's all about the dogs. And there's nothing about cats. I'm like, are we going to speak cats. honestly about some of some of these dogs? Cats are just jerks. Dogs are mine least... are not. You, if you train them in the right way, they can be very dog-like. But they're don't also yours, they're also brilliant. Don't yours live outside most of the time? I mean, not anymore. Okay. No, no, no. Cats are getting outside. We have outdoor cats, but no, the three we have are going to stay inside, and they like being inside for the would most they, part. And you give them a little, you open the windows and screens and stuff, and they get fired up. So it's, would it's a good be life. Sad if they had a job and then you took their job away and made them just retire. Okay, back to your jerk point. Cats are not working. That's there's fair. not a, there's no like every cat is gonna be like seriously I gotta work that's, that's where's fair. my food that's fair my litter box is full go scoop you're right on cats on that one that's fair number three oh, we got another gate tampon gate I knew as soon as you sent this over this morning I, I added the addendum to it Tiger Woods playing golf you're into this we'll get into why you're into it but he decided to make a kind of locker room humor joke I get it. So what guys have been doing forever. He was playing with Justin Thomas. What did he do? So he waited. He kept he kept it in his pocket the entire round, supposedly, we believe, until he finally outdrove Justin Thomas on a hole. Oh, okay. And because Justin Thomas had a weak drive and couldn't drive it as far as Tiger, Tiger walked up to him, gave him kind of a high five, or a little more of a low five, like a half handshake, and handed him... The, the product as they walk down the fairway and they both laughed hysterically and I should also point out 
It was it was a tampon. You, you can say what it, it is. I mean, it oh. kind of ruins the story if you're I not thought, specific. But I thought you you just said it, so I didn't think we had to say it a hundred times. Uh, it's not one of those words. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, so it happened, and but I I, pre- I appreciate on. you thinking about that because others on the show do not. Yeah, Keep going. People are freaking out about this. By the way, uh, I just before I left for the show was I had on which I rarely do had on one of these embrace debate shows. Guess what? No embracing debate. They all agreed. Unacceptable, offensive. Yep. No, no debate. Usually they come up with fake reasons to argue on the other side. They didn't. Uh, I mean, uh, on the lead-in show for us, Canty and Carlin were off again. Um, the uh, morning sidekick, Guy PD in um, Cleveland, uh, Hammer, was with Courtney Cronin. She was like full-scale meltdown. Now, I understand why it's offensive. Sure. And for guys out there who want to continue to argue against this... It's not just a joke. We know what you're saying. You're calling the guy a puss or woman-like. And that is demeaning to women. You don't have to make jokes like that. Now, if we're going to... I think that the cherry on top here, though, is that it's Tiger. And there are a lot of women who are already anti-Tiger. Sure. Because of the womanizing. So, of all guys to well, do it, like, dude, you're dead meat now. That's... when I heard the comment... Like Tiger being misogynistic is just not acceptable for you know the kids that fall. Fo- this is the day you learn yeah. Tiger's misogynistic. I thought you guys all said the kids <laughs> were all done with him. Wait, what? What? He's done many more misogynistic actually, things than this. He's he's actually the kind of guy who makes the joke, and you're like, yeah, that's Tiger. You're like, I don't even know that you should get mad. Like you've already a lot of people have written the book on him and think he's a jackass. Here's like, you know, I yes, it, it's it's crazy, but um, he's also a child and a nerd. He's a huge nerd. This was a dumb joke, but it was tried to be a joke, and he tried to keep it quiet and hidden. It's like, we're Coach E.B., man, he's, he's a big reason of why we do what we do over here. He, he kind of, like, sets the culture over here, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't get talked about enough, I feel like. So I feel like he, he definitely deserves a head coaching spot, and when it will come, I don't know, but it definitely should be on the way for sure. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, so much going on today. Cofield and Company, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar here in Vegas. We're on ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. It's all brought to you by this hour, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You can call them for anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices in Henderson, Vegas, and Reno, 766-1400. So we got to get to a couple more topics in our big four. We're watching a lot of basketball right now, including the NBA celebrity game, which we'll have an update on in the 5 o'clock hour. So I was telling you during one of the breaks, we have Mark McMillan on. Mark is on Next Level Chef. Mark is a regular on the show, and I finally got to bang out the first two episodes. I like the show, and I'm a lunatic when it comes to competitions on reality shows. Like, I pick sides. There are certain people I don't like. I'm rooting against other people. I'm obviously rooting for Mark. So I sent out... Uh, or I tweeted out a little earlier, I have a laundry list of issues from the first two episodes. Mark will be with us in a little bit. I, I've said Vinny, Italian lady from New Jersey, imitation crab, cocky tucker, nurry favoritism, and Matt the athlete. And I just got a tweet from Matt. Uh-oh. Yeah. And he goes, I'm right here, Steve. Which for me, I'm like, so am I, bruh. Because I was telling you, he, he had mentioned on the show that he was an athlete all his life and he was competitive, and I hadn't had a chance to look up. When people say they're athletes, what happens on this show? We look up their credentials. Because if you say you're an athlete, like one, 
Because we know a lot of former NFL, and you know, not a lot. We know some former NFL players, former baseball, like, and they almost never. You have to force it out of them to mention that they're a former pro athlete. And then there's the flip side. We know a lot of people who completely lie and fake about their background, and they're like, "Oh, I'm an athlete. You know, I did this. Like, where did you do that? <laughs> like, when I face, uh, first came into the market, there was a radio guy saying that he played basketball at Missouri and UCLA, and, and we, like, you look it up, you're like, where? Because that, that, those records don't exist. We had a guy at the station who said he played on a state championship basketball team uh, you know, in Maryland around the Baltimore area, and like the team that he would have been on had three Division One players. When we watched him walk around the office, he, he kind of had that walk with his feet <laughs> out, and I'm like, you didn't play S anywhere. And then like he, I challenge, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, he challenged I, an old man that he, we know he lost twenty-one to two. He challenged an older guy who was on the air. who was twenty-five years older than him. He lost twenty-one to two because he yeah. couldn't play because he was lying. Yeah. So, so I did look up this the guy Matt. He had played. I think he played high school basketball. Big guy. He looks like he's like six four. Um, big guy. I thought he might have played football. Big guy played uh, JUCO basketball, and he's a gym teacher for the last twenty-five years. So that you're around athletics. He might be a high school coach for all I know. So, he found the tweet though. He did, but he also said, he also said the Italian lady's name is Michelle, and she's awesome. And I tweeted back, I go, on this show, she's referenced as an Italian lady because we talk a lot about Italians, and I'll use a term. Uh, I won't even use it because it's tampon gay today, so I can't say Goomba. Um, but that's kind of a New Jersey thing, and she's from Jersey. So that, you know, there's a method to the madness What do you here. know about not, Jersey? Almost nothing. Or Italians. Almost nothing. Right? True. So, oh, good. I'm, I'm in. And Are you, did you follow Matt the athlete back? I did. Yeah, he followed me. Okay. Yeah, his name is Matt Gork. Yeah, I saw. So, and if he wants, I, I, I don't have a playing partner in in the Garden State. But when I go back w- to see my parents, I, I will drive somewhere and we can play basketball. How old? Is You're six four. I'm five nine. Four hundred. He looks like he's about thirty five. He'll crush you. He would destroy me. Yeah, but I don't care. I. It's one of those where I'm like I'm not. I'm not gonna back down. I'm at the point in my life where I'm, I'm ready to take L's all the time, athletically. Let's do it. Unless it's like you and Bryce Hamilton. Um, I was actually thinking, of, like, who could I bring along? Sure. Yes, problem. I wasn't that tight with Bryce Hamilton where, hey, I'll fly you out, and we're going to play this Juco guy who's now 35. This is the stupidity of you the and, show. You and Essence Booker. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, yes. Yes, that would be good. So. I want to get to a little more VGK in a couple minutes because that was a big win last night for the Vegas Golden Knights. But on Eric Bieniemy taking the job in Washington, it's a lateral move, a slight bump up because he gets to run the offense. We know that he hasn't had a chance to call plays. Uh, that has been now, we believe, weaponized against him over the years, which is absurd because they're, in fact, they're Reed guys. You know, Green Bay Eagle guys from that tree who didn't call plays, who've gotten jobs, like Matt Nagy, who's going to be the OC with the Chiefs, and we Doug, don't know. Doug, Doug Peterson—he's going to be the guy. That's <laughs> why he was brought back last year. All right, I thought, I thought Stephen A. brought up a really interesting angle on the the plight that the enemy was facing because he wasn't calling plays. Listen to him talk about one Andy Reid. Andy Reid has cost Eric Bieniemy a head coach job in the National Football League. We don't want to say it, but it's true. And here's the reason why. Because even though you're the head coach, you don't have to call plays. He chose to. But Andy Reid 
not only called some plays, he made sure we knew he called plays. Now, why did we know so strongly that Biennemi didn't call the plays? We know that Mick Lombardi doesn't call plays. Okay, so is Stephen A. saying something ridiculous here about Andy Reid, suggesting that this is an ego play, and is that a, is it an ego play from Josh McDaniels, or there are just coaches who they trust themselves running one of the units more than they do having the in-name OC or DC do it? Is there a team that we don't know the play caller? I think it has to be defined. Because there's certain responsibilities, like media-wise, that play callers have to have, too. What is that? They, they, have they, have, they have to meet with the media, or what is it? Yeah, it's, I mean, offensive coordinators technically, technically do, too, but um, there's certain other things. There, there, I do believe you have to declare who calls the play. I mean, obviously everybody can have insight, and you can you can you know, rotate a little bit, but, yeah, it's a, it's a known thing who calls the plays for every team. I, I don't think this, is, this isn't unique. I'd have to check and make – I don't – I'm trying to think exactly what the the wording is or why you have to, but I think you do have to declare it. And if you don't, it's known because you have to, like, you have to know who to ask. You know, we we don't ask Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, on Tuesdays when he does his presser, "Hey, why'd you call this play in this situation?" Because we know he doesn't call the plays. Like, you you have to know who you're ta- who you're holding accountable or who you're asking questions. To. Like, you just have to know those things. Well, how about from the boss standpoint, though? Like, is it your responsibility to give someone a chance to? Boost their resume by giving them more responsibility. No, so I mean that's kind of what. What, Steve, what if Steve they don't is, win? Uh, that's what Stephen A. is suggesting. Like he he screwed over Eric Bieniemy. Well, he, it's in the end, it's Andy Reid's job on the line. If he wants to call the plays, and he can call the plays, he's also gonna he's gonna be the one who's gonna take the hit because obviously when Nate Hackett tried to do it in Denver, it was an utter and complete disaster. I think if Andy Reid thought that Eric Bieniemy would call better plays and win a Super Bowl, he would have Eric Bieniemy call plays. I'm, we can we can't sit here and go. Andy Reid's an idiot. How can he be so arrogant? Like, they win. It worked. Now there are others. I don't think it always works. I think being a head coach is here's a stroke of brilliance. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. It's really hard, and to have to run a unit at the same time, there's some stuff that's going to slip. And I, like I, I think it's happened to Brandon Staley. Dude, leave much or most of the defensive game day responsibilities to someone else. Because you ain't good enough as a head coach to oversee all of it and run a unit. Yeah. You're just not. Well, why do we know that he calls plays defensively? I think we can move on from this argument. <laughs> I'm not. Just, yeah, I asked you a question like, how do, how do we know? Oh, you're going back to Stephen A's point that yeah. Andy Reid, you know, he, he made it known. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, like, we know who calls plays on both sides of the ball on every team. So I, I don't think that's part of it. And, and again, I – like – he, if they thought he would do better, they would, they would let him do it. I would actually. And they I were would, looking for things like. I mean, it's no less ridiculous than Skip Bayless with his his craziness about why black coaches can't get hired because nobody's comfortable having dinner with black women and that. Like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Where? Huh? What? He said. He said. Where? where when was that story? I think where, it was, where is that? I think it was like Wednesday or something. When he said, he, he was like, "Hey, look, the, the owners have to go out to dinner with these." These black assistants and their wives are there, and they're just not comfortable around them. And it's was, the wives are not comfortable. Apparently, around? I, who knows? Wait, did did he do a whole chart of uh, black coaching candidates and the race of the know wife? He, I don't know what he's talking. I don't know what he was talking. Are you about. sure? But you he got was, this right. He this was, seems crazy. I don't know. He's not, what? Maybe maybe I just dreamed this. Wait, he, a he was he was, but he wasn't even he was he was not he was criticizing the owners. Yeah. 
he's not he's not criticizing you know women or or black women in general he's criticizing the owners as like you need to be more comfortable in more social situations and that's why you're not you know expanding your horizons into who you're hiring as coaches you are right there's a headline here new york post skip bayless claims white owners don't hire black coaches because of their wives yeah yeah like wait i think we're just looking for things now we're just. I'm, I'm glad that was true because I, I was like, maybe if nobody else saw it, maybe I just imagined this. He goes, I'm going to boil it down to these older white owners just aren't that comfortable with a black head coach because they need to interact. They need to go to dinner with the wives or significance or whatever. For whatever. And they're just not that comfortable. When they do have an interview, it's going to be a, a quicker click with a young white hot candidate. <laughs> okay. I mean, I actually, I do, I actually do believe there is a, a comfort issue, but to expand that out to like the family. No, but it's with the coach. Like That's we've so, talked about this for a long time. So the reason, weird. the reason that you need to quote unquote force interviews is to get, to get people more comfortable, to get an owner more comfortable around different people of different backgrounds. The, that you literally only travel in your social circle and you know nobody outside of it. And that's why you're hiring people from inside your social circle because that's your co- that's a thing. But now it's like, well, it's not it's not the coach; it's the wife of like. Okay, well, how about you also don't? If you're Jim Mercer, you don't use the coach's wife's bathroom for an hour and a half. We learned that one. It, this the whole thing is crazy. We're we're just looking for reasons now. Halfway point of the four o'clock hour. I'm glad that was real. <laughs> Presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400, offices in Henderson, Vegas, and Reno. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Do you have an update on the celebrity game in the NBA? They took it off the TV near us. Well, they put... Real sports on as if we care about real sports. Come on now, celebrity game. I we'll want to see how Guillermo's doing. We'll get to score update around five thirty. It's Cofield and Company live in uh, Reno now on ninety four one and fourteen fifty. So check out both of those signals in uh, Northern Nevada. One hundred point nine FM here in Vegas and eleven hundred Cofield and Company. Adam is very distracted. I'm very distracted. Busy day. VGK with a nice win. Last night, Bruce Cassidy was nice enough to come on the station this morning. He was on the press box. I know one of the big uh, talking points for you was Will Carrier and the fact that, uh-oh, can I use the word or not? What? He's been very clutch. No. Can't use it. Okay. Damn it. He said it. A lot of game-winning night. goals, right? And when I talked to him last night, he said clutch, and I, I kind of cringed. But I don't think he understood what I was cringing about. God, I wish someone would just rip your head off when you give him a cringe. Like, what? Like, and then check you. I just wanted to tell him there's no such thing. There's just no such thing. But he's been very clutch. There is a there is a clutch well, factor on Kempom, though. So somehow they're doing numbers on well, it. Well, I don't. Look, last night he tapped in a goal in front of the net. He was in the right place at the right time. There happened to be 16 seconds left in the game. Is that is it clutch to be standing there when Chandler Stevenson makes a great pass? Who was clutch? Chandler Stevenson making the pass or him being there to tap in the goal? I'm not sure. Uh, he did say he's shown a lot of poise this year. I think that's sure. That's that's accurate. Poise in high pressure situations, but yeah, he's third in the league in game winning goals. 
Here's Bruce Cassidy on the press box this morning just talking about what he's seen this year from Carrier. Well, I think early on uh, he showed ability to separate. He had lots of breakaways, lots of one-on-one situations where he got inside and got good scoring chances. That's his game, right? He's not a kind of dipsy-doodler, fancy guy. He's not a one-timer guy to get his chances. It's hard work and straight line kind of foot speed and puck possession. So I've always valued that. We've tried to build our fourth line with that mentality so it bleeds into the rest of the group and you mix in your skill and you have different ways to attack. So from day one, he's displayed that. So we've given him more responsibility uh, when guys got injured, move up in the lineup, maybe few extra minutes here or there now he's net front of the power play because we know he's willing to stand there and um and help out and recover pucks and so for me it's just been a progression of that i mean that's something i value a lot um he's brought it every night he's and 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 staying healthy right for the most part he's had a couple of bumps and bruises along the way that always helps when you're if you're going to have a career season you usually got to be in the lineup most nights and, and he's been able to do that there you go they've needed him yeah, sure. <laughs> with, with, with the health of this team, they've needed a boost, and they've been you know the best team in the league at at sur- resurrecting points when trailing in the third period uh, to find out find a way to get you know one or two points out of those games. They've been very very good, and he's been at the forefront of that. As we said, third in the league in, in game winning goals. So he's been scoring late, he's been scoring when they matter, and uh, doesn't mean he's clutch, but he's been scoring late in games in key situations. Uh, something we have to address in the 5 o'clock hour, because we're going to do a little XFL in a couple minutes, is uh, one of the ABC ESPN broadcasters is going to join us around 44 of this hour, Katie George, covering the Vipers game in Arlington. will be talking to us about a little college football, some XFL, some other stuff as well, maybe some Rihanna. Uh, Carrier apparently is a real handyman. Yeah. Now, we'll have to bring this up with... I think our show handyman, Darren Millard, from over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, he hasn't done any work for us, but he was talking a big game about three weeks ago. He will. Yeah. He said he will do it for the listeners, I think. think that was, I mean, I, I, at that point, he overextended. They were going to do a reality he, show. Wasn't his whole pitch that he changed the light bulb for uh, Dave Gocher? Yeah. Was it a light bulb? I think so. Did he plug in a it's toaster? Like a fancy one, though. Plug in a toaster or something? Yeah, but we we're going to do, we're gonna do a reality show where Darren Millard shows up people, people's house and fixes things. Man, I need it. I, got, I told you, I got a whole laundry list. My uh, my backup fridge blew out. Oh. I got warm drinks all over the place. It's like hundreds of dollars of meats. Just ruined. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yeah, the football never stops here in Las Vegas. Quite the change from about six, seven years ago. We always talk football, but now we got teams on the ground in the Raiders, and we're going to see the Vegas Vipers soon in just a couple of weeks with a home opener at Cashman on the 25th. But they actually open at them tomorrow. You know this because you're the beat writer for the Vipers with the local paper. Those of us at the station know this because we're going to be running the home games play-by-play on radio over on Raider Nation Radio 920. So let's get a preview of the game Talk more about the league and also football in general is uh, on very short notice. Katie George from ESPN is uh, joining Steve and Adam here in Vegas. How are you? Awesome, Steve. Adam, I love short notice. Are you kidding? That's when I do my best work. <laughs> there you go. There. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. All right. First of all, exactly. I'm, I'm, I might catch you here because I feel like this compound in Arlington, like none of us have really gotten to see a whole lot of it. We're trying to get more information on uh, what's happening with the XFL. 
What is the whole deal? Because this is a really unique setup where they're like, hey, we're not going to be all over the country. We are going to train before the season in one central location. Yeah, it's interesting, right, to bring everybody in. And I, I guess it makes sense, right? You have everybody's medical staff, you know, on site. So they have that got, you know, one major weight room that teams can frequent, you know, outside of their training. I think it was intended to limit, you know, back and forth travel. So the teams just go out for their designated games at home sites on the weekend. Um, but it's, it's a cool concept, I think. You know, we haven't been to the, the, I guess, major complex where a lot of the guys are staying. Some are at hotels. And so the hotel we're staying at down here, getting prepared for Arlington, Vegas tomorrow, actually the St. Louis Battlehawks, they're staying at our hotel. So this is their home base. Vegas, sadly, seems like they kind of got... I don't want to say a raw deal of it, but they're kind of more spread out around town because they actually share um, a hotel with, I'm forgetting which team they said, but that team took, maybe it was Seattle. Seattle's got all the meeting rooms. So they had to give Vegas an auxiliary meeting place at some business center down the road. And then they've just got their different kind of resources spread out throughout Arlington so they aren't all, you know, based in one one place. Um, which other teams have that? So just a little bit of um, kind of logistical issues that they've got to work through. That I, I thought it was interesting, but um, as Rod Woodson said, we're not complaining. We're just so excited to finally get out and drop the ball on uh, Saturday. So a lot of people remember XFL from the first incarnation to 2001, especially here in Vegas, where it was it was basically a circus show uh, that was going on. <laughs> they came back in 2020. It was a little bit more. Hey, let's do traditional football but with a couple of tweaks here and there, and that's what they're going to do now. So, I guess, how much of the, the the selling point is introducing people to like, hey, this is football, not the you know the gimmick filled thing that we saw twenty years ago. Like, this is kind of real football now that they're trying to play with some really really good players. Yeah, I, I think that you hit it on the head, right? These are really talented football players, um, and we've talked to multiple coaches at this point who have said that they felt like this season's player pool that they drafted and drew from is significantly better than what they've seen in the past, 2.0 and beyond that. So that, obviously, as commentators, makes us really excited. But these are guys who have NFL experience. These are guys who are young rookies who are looking to get a little bit more seasoning, right, to better their skill set, be in NFL systems, to be able to say, hey, when an NFL team calls, yeah, no, no, I've done that. I've been through that. That's what you know our system looks like because so many of these coaches and coordinators have coached in the league for a really long time. So I think the caliber of play is going to be high level, number one. So that's a selling point. Number two, there's obviously different rules. There's rule tweaks that you know the NFL obviously they're not going to go there. But it is kind of interesting to see from our vantage points as fans. Like every rule that you always thought about, I'm like, oh, what would that be like? Well, the XFL is willing to try it. And so I think that's, you know, a selling point. And then, too, the access, right, is so different than anything that you see. You know, as a sideline reporter, you know, in my role, it's a dream come true. A guy throws an interception, you can walk right up to the quarterback and ask him, what did you see? And he'll tell you. Okay. Or a guy comes off after a touchdown, you can walk right up to him and get his reaction. Or you can ask, you know, the coordinator, special teams coordinator, what led to the fake punt. You know, so you can have immediate access. Nobody is off limits. Go talk to Bob Stoops. Talk to Rod Woodson. Uh, I just think that that is so unique and cool. And, you know, sometimes you've got guys in the booth who are questioning a call, questioning a decision. Well, then you've got boots on the ground that say, okay, well, let me go ask him. And then we get the answer immediately. So, you, you are a real pro because that was going to be my next question. One of the things mm-hmm. that the XFL has done 
is throughout the throughout both incarnations has done really well in innovating the broadcast. We saw different camera angles that the NFL has adopted, um, and as you said, we haven't got there with the NFL with the access yet. But it's been a very big stable. But how much of an adjustment is it for you? Like you've done sidelines for other things where hey, it's very limited, and now it's like hey, let's go. Like how much of an adjustment is that actually on the sidelines for you? Yeah, I think tomorrow's going to be baptism by fire. I'm interested to see how it goes because you're so used to, as you said, like being limited in what you can and can't do and what you can say and not say and who you can talk to and all that jazz. And tomorrow I feel like, you know, it's all, everybody's free game. Um, and so I can walk around like I can walk in the team box, which is going to be new for me. You know, I can go listen in, like actually sit down and listen in to what's being said in the running back position group. Um, you know, so there, there's all these different avenues for them to allow you to get information on the broadcast which i think is is awesome and and obviously i'm short-sighted in the fact that okay what's my role right sideline but having microphones on both head coaches having microphones on both coordinators for both teams on the starting quarterbacks on a defensive player linebacker like it's going to be information overload i think to a degree so it'll be interesting to see how we navigate it as a broadcast partner right because when you have so many resources, right, you've got to be really organized in the way that you present it so you don't overload the viewer. But I do think it's so fascinating to hear, you know, Dwayne Taylor make a play call, right? And then you hear Luis Perez relay it to the offensive huddle. And then we're going to get to hear those conversations back and forth because so many people, important people who are making those decisions are mic'd. And I just think that that is really riveting, fascinating television. Katie George is with us from ESPN. She's part of the broadcast crews. The XFL is back tomorrow. Vegas on the road in Arlington. ABC is where you can watch it noon. She'll be on with Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik. And Tom Hart is on the broadcast as well. I'm a big fan of Luis Perez because he told us a while ago the reason his, his football career didn't go super swimmingly at the beginning is that he put down the football in high school for bowling. He's actually an unbelievable bowler, which kind of that blew me away that he 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 could have been that good, and is that good? It, it, it's wild. He never played high school football, as you mentioned. Was a great bowler, focused all of his time and energy there. And then when he got to college, it was kind of like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to play quarterback. Right. So he started yeah. watching YouTube videos, like right. quarterback drills on YouTube. So clearly a visual learner. And just kind of taught himself through the internet how to play the position. And then it's kind of led to this great semi-pro career, right? That, you know, he's been able to play at a lot of places and enjoy himself and be really good at what he does. But just such a fascinating story of, yeah, I was a bowler and then I just decided, hey, you know what? I think it'd be cool to be a quarterback. And then to be able to have the skill set to be able to go do it has been awesome to see. So I'm excited. He's getting the start tomorrow. Uh, for Vegas, but as you know, they they picked up Brett Hundley uh, seven days ago, and he's an incredible you know athlete. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how long it takes him to kind of work into the offensive system that Taylor's got. Um, but we could see Brett Hundley play a little bit tomorrow, maybe a couple series. I'm not sure what they've got drawn up, if anything. But I, I do foresee seeing Hundley down the road definitely. Yeah, I was told he's going to get a few plays today or tomorrow, so we'll see. Uh, also, push him on. He told me, you know, he played with Aaron Rodgers for three years. He told me he would absolutely go into a dark room for four days. There's no way that's true. Push him on that. Okay, I will. Okay, that's good <laughs> yes. to know. Thank you. There's I no need way. That no way that's true. 
Uh, more importantly, I feel like, because it's something that this show fits, you are anti-shoes off on the plane, it looks like, from your Twitter account. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, those people should be locked up. Don't we have air marshals on those planes? <laughs> Anybody who takes off their shoes. What are yep. we doing? I, I, I was on a flight a couple weeks ago, and I was sleeping, and I smelled something. Like, it was a, such a foul smell, oh. sour smell, that I no. woke up. You know, you know what I'm talking about when it smells yes. so foul that it wakes you up? Yep. Look down, and the man next to me is rubbing his socks together, shoes amiss. Oh. Both falling off. I, I just can't do that. Unreal. Katie does a lot of... He's used to your own stench, so he yes. probably didn't even know that they smelled. Yeah, they're, they're nose blind. They, they got nothing. They can't, they can't tell. So Katie bad. George is uh, so part bad. of Best Week Ever. She does a lot of ESPN radio, oftentimes with uh, Pete Burns. And I saw you guys were uh, talking about Rihanna. We had a strong Rihanna reaction for the halftime show. Adam yeah. and I did and our crew to the point where there was nearly a fist fight. So um, what would you think? Really? How, how did she do? Four yeah, we're, we're um, we were all for it, but then, but then, uh, their uh, Beyonce versus Rihanna debate broke out, and it got really ugly. Yeah, I don't think you can compare the two, quite frankly. So I won't, I won't engage in that. Laugh. I won't. Even, I refuse <laughs> um, to get smart, involved. Smart. Yeah, that's like one of those banned radio topics. I think yes. uh, I love Rihanna. Like, if you were to ask me, like, top five favorite musicians, she's up there for me. So I just, even though like some people were like, it wasn't a super dynamic show, like in terms of changing outfits and changing sets, like the set obviously was cool because of the movement and the lights, but she just comes out with banger after banger. I mean, like her song is so good. I actually kind of liked that it. it wasn't super frivolous, but the costume changes and all that jazz that she just sat there and was she singing, was she not? That can be up for debate. She also is pregnant. So the fact that she was out there, I... I liked it. I enjoyed it, but that's because I'm biased. I always enjoy music. Katie George is with us, part of the XFL broadcast career. You're going to see her uh, all year long on these games as the Vipers will start off tomorrow. XFL is back. It's on ABC noon our time. we got to close on this because this is a good tie-in with this show and, and I think something else you love, F1. We are oh, yeah. so juiced so here ready. about F1 coming to Vegas. I don't... I don't think people realize around the rest of the country how insane it's going to be here and all the money we're putting into this already and F1 is putting into it. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. I, I'm Fingers crossed. It's in the fall, which I cover college football. Fingers crossed I'm going to be able to make it work with my schedule that I get to come out there. I don't know where I'll need to stay. How far is Reno? I don't know the geography very well. Like I'll stay as far away as possible. <laughs> come in for the race. Yeah, I don't, is I don't, Reno far? <laughs> Reno is yes. Reno is about an hour and ten minute flight. How long is the drive, Adam? Eight hours. Eight, I don't, you're not. Yeah. We can oh, find new spots. Yeah, we can find new. We Barstow in California is Reno or Needle. Even in Nevada. Oh, don't do. We're don't don't do. We're on a Reno station right now for an hour. You're, you're going to get us kicked off. Uh, there's very much a war between the north and the south. Yes, Reno is in Nevada. Yes. That's what I thought. Okay. 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 So Steve, I told you. I told you. I'm not uh, geographically sound. So. Okay. But I probably won't stay in Reno. How about that? I'll try to stay somewhere yeah. closer. But whatever i got to do to be able to attend that race and just see the spectacle that I know it's going to be, uh, it's seeing F1 cars go 120 miles per hour or whatever it's going to be down the strip, ugh, iconic. By the way, the race is actually late at night. Uh, we were talking to a source the other day who said uh, the, the whole shindig goes down like 10p to 3a our time. Oh, boy. Well... Yeah. I'm going to need to, like, sleep train for that, I guess. Well, you, by the time you get here from Reno, 
Uh, it'll be starting. You're, you'll, you'll be <laughs> Good point. Good point. I'll miss well, it. it. Have fun tomorrow. Have fun all season. This sounds really awesome. And for your gig, for the sideline gig, I think that's going to add a lot. If you have all that access, that is really, really cool. And like I said, I appreciate you coming on on short notice. So we just got this hooked up a little while ago. Yeah, of course. Great to be with you guys. Have a great evening. Katie cool. George. So it does a lot. One up. Willie's going to be really mad because he loves listening to uh, Katie and uh, Burns on their best week ever. Much lighter show on the weekends. It's really good stuff. And tomorrow, Vegas Vipers debut 2023 season is here on ABC. Noon start.